Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I am James Haskell, along with my co-host Glenn Martin and DK in the background running the show. We are here tonight, brought to you by BetUS, which we're going to talk about a little bit tonight, of course. But we are here to talk about our Baltimore Ravens. Glenn, how are you doing on a Thursday night, my man? Doing well, doing well. Excited to uh, be one day closer to actual football. It's kind of hard to believe how quickly it's coming. I, I tell you, Jimbo, last few days, I've been consuming a lot of fantasy football information, preparing for our yeah. upcoming fantasy draft, trying to make sure I'm prepared. Because last year, I loafed and did not have a good season, and I, I'm not letting that happen this year. Yeah, you know what? I have been consuming zero <laughs> be honest with you i would just look i shoot from the hip i just shoot from the hip you know okay. because right. I, I feel like usually in life and this may not be the case for everyone but for myself my first instinct usually my best before fear and doubt sets in so well, yeah, this is something to having too much information I'll give it, you yeah for sure because like yeah. you know the analysis by paralysis and yeah and all that stuff but no i'm with you i'm uh i just completed my last run before you saturday crap. you flipped them but that's okay no, I'm with you. You said analysis by paralysis. <laughs> paralysis by analysis. Exactly. You know what I meant. Uh, <laughs> All of you out there knew what I meant. All I wanted to say was that Saturday at Patapsco State Park, the Maryland Heat 50K, excited about it. Yeah. Re real heavy trail. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, today was my last run, but tomorrow I'm going to keep my feet up and rock it out on Saturday. My man. That's right. Don't get in his way, say. ladies and gents. He's going to be running by you, but we are here, of course, you know, to talk some Ravens football and, and, you know, our last show, you know, the breaking news, the thing that kind of broke the internet was the report of Marlon Humphrey getting foot surgery uh, yesterday and to a, a room that was already pretty thin and, and quite reliant on, on Marlon Humphrey just got, a, you know, a whole lot thinner. And so the, the Ravens wasted no time. They do sign a veteran cornerback. They bring in Ronald Darby. Uh, who you know, is an eight-year vet? He's 29 years old. It's a deal that's worth up to 3.2 million, but I think you know a good chunk of that is incentives. Uh, the thing that worries me, Jimbo, is he was playing well last year, and then towards ACL in Week Five. Mm -hmm. and, and so while I'm rooting for him, he's a local guy. He's a guy that uh, grew up in Prince George's County. Yep. and was actually former uh, was was teammates with former Raven Tavon Young. I just want – I mean, everybody knows they say it takes two years to fully recover. Now, of course, you can be back in the league in a year, but uh, I got my doubts on whether or not this guy's going to be ready when they need him, which is right now. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But I, I do think – I like to think – I don't know. Maybe the Ravens were that desperate, and uh, and that's just the best that was available relative yeah. to to the rest of the you know the rest of the the DBs that were out there and in, in a good enough shape. But uh, I like to think they did enough of their homework to think, all right, we know we need him now. We know what's the knee look like. Let's get a good look at it. Uh, he had to, of course, pass physical. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know. We don't. Even, I guess we don't even know if that, at this point if he's actually passed physical. Right? It's always announced before the physical, and then and then uh, we know about Ozzie Newsom's failed physical guys <laughs> yeah uh oh yeah who was wait who, who was it the was, uh, ryan grant the colts um ryan, ryan grant. grant i think it's ryan ryan grant i was, yeah. was like sorry dude i changed my mind <laughs> yeah yeah he's like ah we saw something yeah exactly yeah. no but uh hopefully he's good to go i mean i guess at this point though if you think about it glenn 
We'll say that Rock is there week one. We'll say, but do we really know? Well, reports are that I heard today he was doing some work on the side field, sprinting. Uh, and did Demaria side... come back too? I didn't see that. That would be good to hear. I thought I thought, I I thought he had a much more. Hey, DK, is it me or does does Jimbo sound loud? <laughs> is it I'm me? loud. Okay, no, no it's no, probably no, no. me. I'm, DK I'm says moved... it's not you. No, it is me. I moved my dial. Is, it... is that better, Glenn? Yeah, that's better. Maybe maybe yeah. a little higher. Maybe you went okay. a little too far. How about that? I'm right in the middle. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds okay. Good. Cool. Yeah, what happens is my thing falls over and then it moves the dial. Anyway, it's a whole mess here. My whole don't office let is your, an absolute. Don't disaster. let your thing fall over. That's um, <laughs> Tom Votto uh, wants to know what does this signing say about Kyle Fuller? I mean, Kyle Fuller got didn't he tear his knee early? Like he tore his knee in the final game of the preseason. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I just think to me it means yeah, you're right. So he has he's had more time to recover, but I think the Ravens two one, I think they're confident on the guys they have on the inside. And maybe at this point in his career, they don't see Kyle as an outside guy. That's true. So they need more help on the outside, is what I think it was. Um that's a good point. They do have a lot, but I've he seen. did get hurt playing outside. Yeah, I mean in a preseason game, but I I don't yeah. think you know, I don't know if they saw him out there. Envision him out there in the regular season, but that is true. He did get well, I think to Tom Votto's point, question. I think the answer is when we heard John asked about signing veteran corners at this point, you know, in training camp. And he said, it honestly comes down to who can help us now. Who's in shape. You know, if guys have been working and they show that they that's can help true. us now, then we'll at this point that like, that's how slim the pickings are that it's who's in shape, you know? Right. And so maybe Kyle Fuller's just, wasn't able to get to the kind of shape that Darby was able to get to. Some guys heal faster than others, so it's very possible that, you know, he's got that. Uh, my my dad always says he's got that Wolverine healing. You know, mm -hmm. he always says he heals quick. Well, maybe Darby heals quick as well because there's got to be some encouragement that he's going to be ready soon because the theory is that Marlon will be ready, yeah. you know, after a few weeks. So if Darby is brought in, my assumption is he'll be ready right now to contribute. Yeah, I mean, that for sure. I, I would agree with you 100%. Uh, changing gears here, I just said 100%. Dang it, six and a half minutes in. Where's my Golly fly? day. Wait, yeah. every every time it's gotten further in the show, hasn't it, though? That's progress. Uh, that's right. You know? Making some, some progress here. But uh, I do want to change gears because I don't want to keep them waiting. Uh, the Luke Jones is here with us tonight. Glenn, it's your turn, my man. My turn? It's your turn to do the WWE oh, oh, yeah. Intro. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Luke Jones, who, who is a Ravens and O's reporter for WNST, you can find all his work at BaltimorePositive.com, including his reactions from every day of training camp, because Luke Jones is out there every day of training camp, which is why uh, he's with us here today. So, welcoming back to the to the show, right? Uh, returning yep, guest, Luke right. Jones. Appreciate you coming back. Luke, how you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you guys? Sorry, had a little bit of a technology issue there, but glad to be with you. No, yeah, no worries at all, man. We're we're so glad to have you here. If I'm not mistaken, last time we were chatting, um, you live kind of out there, right? You live in uh, you live in a little. You're pretty remote, right? A, a little bit. I mean, I, I don't have the fastest internet, but I, I live in Southern York County. I, I could jog to the Mason Dixon line, and you know, I'm from Baltimore originally, but yeah, right. I, I, I like my peace and quiet up oh, yeah. in. Uh, 
know, Pennsylvania, but just 40, 45 minutes away from the Ravens facility in Owings Mills. I just wanted to make sure you weren't on dial-up, Luke. That's what I was <laughs> I was wondering there for a second, but you no, I'm here. Your, your family, get off the phone! You know, <laughs> no, that was my dad yelling at me back in the day, to, you know, because he needed to use the phone. But, you know, AOL and all that stuff, that was, that was uh, good times. Way oh, back yeah. when. Kids will never understand the struggle, no. man. Oh, my Not God. Times. That's awesome. We, speaking of the struggle, we were talking about the cornerback room. Yeah. It's been pretty brutal. And uh, so I guess one of my questions I had was I wasn't exactly sure who returned today. Actually, before I finish this question, Luke, I also want to say this. It is insanely hot out there. And of all the media members... You find a way to keep cool in all the heat. You're always cool as a cucumber, man. Not I don't the know aviators. You yeah, you're just chilling. You're not overly sweating. You're not angry. You're just out there, man, doing your thing. You know what? I'd like to say it's because I'm in tip-top shape, but it's actually it's my 15th training camp, and my first couple were actually at McDaniel in Westminster. Uh-huh. And I can tell you, these were the days of two-a-days. So they would have the, the big morning practice and all the media would be out there for that. But then they'd have like the two o'clock special teams practice in the afternoon. And there was nowhere to find any shade. So you Oof. would just bake and it'd be myself and maybe two other reporters out there. Nothing was happening, basically just to make sure no one was carted off with a torn ACL or anything like that. So if you can, if you can survive those hot days out at McDaniel College back in the day, as, as many fans fondly remember making that trip to Westminster. Uh, yeah, I like to think I can uh, handle myself okay, but it hasn't been too bad this summer overall. No, no it hasn't. hasn't. <clears throat> so I, I wanted to finish my question regarding the, the cornerback room as my light mm-hmm. dies. I'm a real professional uh, operation we got going on here. My first day. Uh, <laughs> but my, my question was going to be, who's back right now? I heard some things, some encouraging things about Rock heard some encouraging things about Demarion, or not Demarion, excuse me, um, Armour uh, Davis. Armour Davis. Uh, where are we as far as guys that are participating in some way, shape, or form in the cornerback room? Yeah, so today, first and foremost, today, don't ask me for any highlights today. It was an extensive walkthrough. Uh, uh-huh. I, I mean, they literally walked, they, they stretched, and they did, offensive line did a little bit of positional work, but it was a, it was a walkthrough. But the good news was Jalen Arbor Davis was out there in uniform. He did mm-hmm. take part in the walkthrough. Uh, so he is back. I'd seen him running on a side field after practice. I guess it was Tuesday or Wednesday. So that was a sign that he was really close. And John Harbaugh had said he was close. Uh, Arthur Millette is supposed to be very close. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him in the next couple of days. Wouldn't expect to see him in the game at this point because uh, he was dealing with the hamstring. Uh, and uh, according to John Harbaugh, and I don't need to tell you guys, we don't need to get into it. You know, when he says something like close or very close or should be soon, there's a lot of wiggle room there. But uh, Rock Yassine also, I did see him running out on the field uh, after practice on Wednesday. So uh, Harbaugh uh, a couple days ago said that wasn't quite as close as Armour Davis and, and Millette, but uh, it sounds like he's close as well. So, you know, I, I wouldn't expect we're going to see any of these guys against Washington. I mean, I think you just have to be careful with, you know, talking about soft tissue injuries or in the case of Yassine, I mean, you know, we can debate whether Ronald Darby is going to be the number one for the time mm-hmm. being or whether it's going to be Yassine. But I, I think you'd, you'd have to lean Yassine right now with Darby coming off of the ACL. So point is, he's really important to, to mm-hmm. what they're doing. So uh, as much as it's been frustrating for them, because all these guys have missed so much time on task as well. I mean, you're, you know, even Yassine, you know, he's still trying to learn the, the defense and get acclimated. And he's missed a couple of weeks now with the knee. Uh, and, you know, he had had some ups and downs uh, in, in the spring and summer, which I don't think was 
unheard of, you know, uh, being in a new system, but so much time on task missed with so many of these young guys that they were hoping to develop. So uh, it's been frustrating on that front, even before Marlon uh, has foot surgery on Wednesday. But the, the good news is it does seem as though those individuals, you know, in the case of Armour Davis, he was back today. In the case of the other two, I do expect them back in the coming days. And uh, you mentioned Marion Williams in passing. Of course, we know he had ankle surgery. He's not going to be back till October. Uh, so yeah. unfortunate because he's someone, I think, who could have could have uh, factored into that that nickel spot that uh, is still up for grabs as well. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of injuries, uh, of course, the Darby signing today. But, uh, you know, I, I'm sure uh, I'm not alone in sharing some uh, trepidation and some concern with this cornerback group. I mean, you, there's no replacing Marlon Humphrey, even if you're going to get him back, you know, week three, week four, week five, somewhere in that neighborhood. We'll see how it goes. But uh, you're just not replacing a guy like that because, well. That's why you're pay, uh, paying him almost $20 million a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and man, I'm, I'm getting about as sick and tired of foot injuries because, I mean, we've seen it with Rashad Bateman. Yeah, yeah. It, maybe the prognosis or the, the, the expectation is that Marlon will be back at some point in the early part of the season. Well, Bateman's supposed to have been back, supposed to have been back, and we see these foot injuries can certainly linger. And to your point about the preseason, Luke, the scary thing is like, all these other positions, you can go, all right, well, we're not playing this guy, this guy, and that guy. Mm -hmm. But someone has to play corner for these next two preseason games. And right now, they can't afford to lose their worst guy at corner. So it's like, who's, someone's got to play, and they can't afford to even lose. They can't lose anyone at this point. Yeah, and I mean, that's what's kind of wild. I mean, you, you look at the, the preseason opener, you had Kavon Seymour, who, look, is a great guy. He's had a really nice camp. You know, yeah. I, I think, you know, he's someone that was definitely on the bubble for me at best going into camp. And, you know, by all accounts, you know, he's going to make the roster, uh, you know, his special teams ability is understood, but he's had a nice camp. But you had him and you had Brandon Stevens, who was practicing at safety all spring and at the mm -hmm. beginning of training camp. And there are your two outside corners. Mm -hmm. So you're in this position. And now with Darby being in the picture, you know, we'll see. I mean, it, what's his health? You know, what's he looking like physically? Uh Guys coming back from ACLs are a little more susceptible to hamstrings and other soft tissue injuries. So, you know, I, I think he's about as good as you could reasonably expect to do, barring trading something of real value uh, to some corner that may or may not be available. But I, I think what where you're stuck here is if, if guys like Brandon Stevens and Kevon Seymour are going to have to play, and I'm not saying they'll have to play week one, but we just don't know how this is all going to shake out. You'd like to get them reps, but at the same time, to your point, you can't afford to lose those guys. So, so you really, it really is a catch 22 in that way. And uh, you know, it, it's certainly not an enviable position to be in uh, if you're the Ravens, you know, again, the good news is, and Glenn, you make a good point. Cause you know, with Marlon Humphrey, yes, you want him back. And you know, the, the indication, you know, this isn't a Liz Frank injury or anything you know, serious like that, which, you know, we saw with Jimmy Smith for most of his career deal with the, the you know, lingering effects of that all the way back in 2014, but it is a foot injury. And I mean, foot injuries are bad for any football player, but wide receivers and corners, you know, where, where change of direction is just so dramatic and you're planning mm -hmm. your foot so many times. It is one of those cases where, yeah, if there was some tangible, plausible way for him to be back week two to, to go to Cincinnati and play. Yeah. You'd love that. But at the same time, if it's week four or week five, for his foot to really be healthy and then you're not worrying about it the rest of the year, I think you have to err on the side of caution. So that, that that's just where they are right now. And I mean, it's not ideal. And, and really for me, it's, you know, you, you need your other superstars and your other position groups and, oh yeah, 
the offensive side of the ball where they've pumped a lot of resources mm-hmm. into their passing game. I think you're just going to need those areas to really step up. You know, I think guys like Yassine, hopefully a healthy Ronald Darby, who's had a really nice career, although I'll point out, you know, that last year wasn't the first time he's dealt with injuries. So that's mm-hmm. you know, something mm-hmm. where you take some pause, but you just have to be realistic with this cornerback group. The good news is in Mike McDonald's offense, which is what much more zone oriented. And I think it's a case where you're not necessarily asking your corners to be out on an Island in the way that Wink Martindale would with Marlon Humphrey and a Marcus Peters from three years ago, yeah. which, Hey, or you'll anyone. sign up for that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you'll sign up with that for that. But yeah. uh, this is definitely a system. I think that can protect their corners a little bit better, but right. it's still going to be a, a case of, I think we have to be realistic and thinking, okay, Ravens might not be shutting everyone down the first three, four or five weeks of the season. And Mike, Mike McDonald even addressed that today indirectly in saying, look, you know, there are certain things I'd like to install and things for us to work on, but I'm also recognizing where we are with, you know, our health situation in the secondary and depending on guys that have either, you know, been injured or guys that aren't, aren't used to playing uh, as much as they're playing. So I think it's very much going to be a case of, you know, kind of just hold down the fort, you know, try to play high floor kind of football, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, just don't get torched, which I'm not saying that they will. And the good news is other than Cincinnati in week two, you're not really looking at a murderer's row of quarterbacks very early in the season, but yeah. uh, it's definitely going to be an adjustment. And, and I think they'll probably have to be a little more conservative, but you know, Hey, you, you've got other superstars and you've got other position groups like their two safeties, for example, mm-hmm. where uh, they're two inside linebackers, you know, th- th- those guys need to, step up and be at their very best because yeah, you're not going to get that tip top play at cornerback at this point. At least I'm not expecting that. Yeah. I mean, I think just like you said, ultimately the defense can do a lot by just winning their matchups where they're supposed to win. Right. Like, because as a unit, that's the cool thing about defense. I think as a unit, you can still be prosperous if you win where you're supposed to win. Right. Even if there are other position parts of your unit that aren't as strong, but one of the guys I wanted to ask about staying in the, in the defensive back mm-hmm. uh, room is our Darius Washington. Um, I feel like he's gotten some good run. He's kind of been all around the football uh, early on in camp. I felt like he was a bit more around the football, but ultimately I feel like he looks bigger. He looks faster. Um, looks like he belongs. Uh, I saw the hit that he laid on uh, the, the tight end yesterday. They got everybody a little excited, uh, but you know, what's your, what's been your impressions of him so far? It seems like he's, he's played a lot in the slot from what I've been able to kind of uh, gather, but uh, what's, what's been your thoughts and impressions of our Darius Washington? Yeah, he, he's seen a lot of run uh, at that slot spot. And it's interesting because you think of Kyle Hamilton kind of being the, the opposite in terms of size, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton's this six foot four, 220 pound genetic freak uh, who was playing nickel and, and really settled that position down for them the second half of last year, where you know early on they were trying, you know, they had Demarion Williams and some other options that just weren't working out as well. But, you know, they're trying. And I, I still wouldn't be shocked if we see Hamilton back at the nickel, at least in certain situations. But I think they're really trying to get him focused and settled in at one of those starting safety spots, you know, with Chuck Clark, uh, of course, no longer being in the picture. Uh, but in the case of Ardarius Washington, he's played a lot there. Uh, I said he's the opposite because he's five foot eight, 177 pounds, and that's what he's listed as. Uh, I, I even asked Mike McDonald today about Ardarius Washington, and you know, he echoed some of what you just said, and I think he's had a, a nice summer. Uh, I just think it's tough because – you know, you think about the evolution of how the slot position is used in the NFL. I mean, just look at how the Ravens, you know, I mean, Mark Andrews has been their slot receiver, you know, for years now. So yeah, if you Mike Evans it, in Tampa, 
Right, right. I mean, if you run into a team who has that kind of guy, I mean, is Ardarius Washington really mm. going to match up there? So, so what my point is not that I don't think he can be in that picture, but is he going to be a, a 55 a snap a, a game kind of, you know, and, and that's what your, your nickel defense is your base defense in this day and age. Uh, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's obvious uh, with the way teams like to throw. So I think there can be a place for Ardarius Washington in that mix. And it, so much of it's going to be matchup oriented. If you are going up against a team that ha- tends to play a smaller guy uh, at the slot. You know, I think he's shown some ability to blitz uh, fr- from that position, which we know, uh, you know, going back to the days of Wink, but also continuing with Mike McDonald, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they won't blitz as frequently as they used to, but they'll certainly send just about anyone on any given play. So I think he can factor in there. But again, the size, I think it's tough to, to kind of project him out to be that guy that it's going to play 50 snaps a week uh, at the slot because, you know, you run into some of those bigger matchups, you know, whether it's a receiver, or a tight end that that moves out like a Mark Andrews. And not every team has that, of course. Uh, I understand that. But uh, I, I think he's definitely been an interesting name. And, you know, as much as we there's angst about corner for me, even going back to you know, long before Marlon Humphrey got hurt or even Yassine got hurt, uh, I, I looked at their outside corner depth and that's where my uneasiness has been a little bit more. I think with the way that they use safeties uh, at the slot last year with Hamilton, you know, Brandon Stevens was practicing there in the spring. I think they have enough options there that I'm not saying that's going to be one of their best positions, but I think you have enough guys there. Arthur Millette, uh, of course, who I mentioned a few minutes ago. So they have options there, but you know, I, my concern is still much more on the outside and, you know, it, one, you see him coming back fine. And, you know, I expect he's going to come back here very soon, but how does he look? How does Ronald Darby look in the meantime? You know, Jalen Armour Davis looks the part at times, but he was a fourth round pick because he couldn't stay healthy at Alabama. So, and, mm-hmm. and we've seen that continue at the next level. I, I think a guy that's, you know, he's forgotten now because he's expected to miss the season. I think they like Trayvon Mullen. Uh, he, he was someone who was getting quite a bit of run as a second team outside corner back in the spring and unfortunately had the toe injury. So it's just, you guys know, I don't need to tell you. I mean, it's, it tends to be one of those situations and, and it's been unfortunate for the Ravens each of the last three years now. I mean, you go back to left tackle two years ago with Stanley mm-hmm. and he ended up not being right. And Villanueva wasn't up to, up, up to, up to snuff as far as handling that anymore. Last year it was wide receiver where they were clearly light on paper and then you lose Bateman. Uh, so this year, you know, outside linebacker or outside corner was the position where it's like they don't have a whole lot of margin for error here. And my goodness, other than Lamar Jackson, Marlon Humphrey's the guy who can least afford to lose on this roster right now. And fortunately, not a season ending injury, but mm-hmm. certainly an injury where he's going to miss some time. So yeah. it's just kind of where they are right now. So, you know, it's there's I, I always think back to something Buck Showalter once said, talking about bench guys and depth players and. He said he always said there's depth, which that's guy. Those are guys you generally can count on. And there's inventory, which are bodies and and they might have potential, but you still don't know a whole lot about them. And unfortunately, the Ravens have way more inventory than depth right now, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very well said there. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you something that's that's had me curious, Luke. And I want to get I want to get your take. And again, we have uh, Luke on who covers the Ravens and the Orioles. For WNST, and you can find his work over at BaltimorePositive.com. I I saw I remember in the start of training camp, we saw the disappearance of of the uh the the arm sleeve or the uh the play call thing. The wristband, the, yeah. The wristband, there you go, that the quarterbacks use. And we we heard Munkin speak to 
you know, he he thinks that it's valuable that the that the quarterback knows the offense and terminology just as good as him, so he can absorb it and regurgitate it back to the rest of those players. But then now we've seen the return of the wristband. So my question to you is, Luke, is this a sign of the quarterbacks aren't you know progressing or picking up the the, the offense like he was hoping, or do you think this was always part of the plan? to not introduce it initially, but then introduce it later on in camp? I think that's a that's a fair question. It's an interesting question. I mean, I, full disclosure, I, I wasn't someone that was hot and bothered about that whole idea. I mean, Tom Brady wore a wristband his whole career. So, you know, if, if Lamar Jackson has to wear a wristband, I'm, I'm not worried about it, you know, comparing him to the greatest quarterback of all time. But I do think there's something to the idea of what you just said. And Todd Munkin talked about this early in camp. When you're in a practice setting, when you're still lo- learning all the verbiage, and think about it. There was so much hand wringing over the the lack of pace to this offense uh, and clock management under Greg Roman, and how much of it was Roman getting the play in too late. How much of it was maybe Lamar not relaying it as quickly. And again, I'm just that's conjecture. We don't really know the whole story with that, but collectively it was a problem. And you know that's stating the obvious with how many delay of games and how many times they just were so late. Uh, so I, I think. Whether that was something deliberate that John Harbaugh wanted or Todd Munkin just said it, you know, at face value, what you just said, Glenn, that, you know, just, uh, you know, this idea of really trying to learn it, you know, take away the wristband uh, and really learn those words by heart uh, that you can just recite that very quickly. So he never said, you know, there was never a a thought that, oh, the, the, the wristband won't come back or anything like that. It was just at that point in camp. So I'm inclined to think that. I wouldn't read too much into the fact that the wristbands come back. Uh, you know, I, I was a teacher a long time ago, and there's different types of intelligences, intelligences where some people are more visual learners, some people are more auditory processors. I am someone that written directions, I do great. But if I ask someone for directions and I just have to listen and try to remember <laughs> it in my head, I don't do quite as well with that. So I would be a wristband guy, basically, is what I'm saying if I were a quarterback. So. <laughs> I, I think overall, it's probably much ado about nothing in a big picture sense. But I do think there was probably something to the idea of early in camp, having him and the other quarterbacks kind of go through that without you know, without the training wheels, so to speak, just to mm-hmm. see if you can master some of the playbook yeah. a little more a little more quickly. And then you still have it there on game days. And, you know, you, it's not going to hurt anything. Again, if Tom Brady could wear a wristband his whole career, uh, I have no concern whatsoever about Lamar Jackson or any other quarterback in today's game wearing it. But it was interesting to kind of see uh, how that played out here over these last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Do know quickly, when I try and think, uh, Luke, every time I try and think, nothing happens. I don't, it's like it's like <laughs> the three suits you said. I keep trying to think, but nothing happens. I mean, that, that's how I go uh, when I try and put the old thinking cap on. Glenn um, just sees the word think fly by. <laughs> You're yeah, like yeah. pokes at it like a banner being in one ear and thing. out the other, right? That's yeah, it. it pops. All these little baby things come out, right? <laughs> Just the word think. That's awesome. Uh, no, I wanted to ask a question regarding the the running back room. I think we'll end up getting back to the quarterbacks, um, but I want to talk about the running backs because Glenn is going out on somewhat of a a limb a limb here. Oh, so running backs. Yeah, running backs. Yeah, yeah, tell me if I'm crazy, Luke, or if I'm reading into some stuff because yeah. everyone keeps telling me I'm nuts. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Glenn. Okay. All right. Look, let's hear it. Okay. The first quarter of the preseason game, we see a whole, we see Justice Hill. We don't see Gus Edwards till the second quarter. And then we see quite a bit of Gus Edwards in the second quarter. I think five total touches. And then I go out to camp and I see an awful lot of Justice Hill running with the first team. 
And the assumption heading into camp was, oh, with J.K. doing his hold-in thing, it's Gus. Then it's J.K. But I'm starting to wonder if if Todd Munkin is like, that was under the old offense. This is my offense. And I like what I'm seeing from Justice. And everything we saw from Justice last year, he looked like a different player after coming off the injury. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was running with much more aggression, physicality. His burst seemed back. Do you think that's a possibility if J.K., you know, for whatever reason, whether he doesn't, you know, have enough time to get up to speed. Do you think it's out of the realm of possibility that Justice Hill could beat Gus Edwards for RB1 if it's just between those two? Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. I I think from this standpoint, and look, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big Gus Edwards guy. Uh, let, let's be clear about that. But this is a much different offense. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to be we're going to be wondering and look, I'm not going to make any bold predictions here, but. I definitely wonder how involved Gus Edwards will be compared to him and J.K. Dobbins. You know, go and go back to like 2020 even. You know, it's it, last year was weird because both those guys are coming back from injuries. But as they phased out Mark Ingram, you know, Dobbins and Gus Edwards were both getting plenty of touches, you know, uh, in, in that timeshare. Uh, you know, but I don't think we're going to see Gus Edwards quite in that same capacity. Now, let's be clear. Goal line third and one, fourth and one situations. I still want Gus Edwards uh, toting the rock in those situations. And I don't think that's going to change, but otherwise you do have an offense. That's much more about space. Now there's going to be a lot more 11 personnel, a lot more three wide sets. Uh, And I think the short term answer, when we saw justice Hill doing a lot of these things in the spring and early summer, and even, you know, until recently, because Dobbins just came back the last few days is his skill sets much similar, uh, much more similar to JK Dobbins than Gus Edwards. Right. So If you're trying to practice, if you're trying to get a feel for what your offensive identity is primarily going to be, Justice Hill simulates J.K. Dobbins much better uh, in that way. But I also think Justice Hill, because he is a space player, because he is someone who, let's face it, they re-signed him. And I was kind of surprised when they re-signed him yeah. at the start of free agency. I just kind of figured, you know, your number three running back, considering all the needs they had at that time, including mm-hmm. what the heck was going to happen with their franchise quarterback at mm-hmm. that moment in time. You know, I wasn't so sure about it, but you know, I, I get the sense that Todd Munkin likes Justice Hill. And I don't think that's going to be a huge role because I do think it's going to be Dobbins. And you know, I, I still think Gus Edwards is going to have a presence there and you know, short yardage uh, situations like that. But I would not at all be surprised if Justice Hill is involved in this offense uh, a little bit more. And you know, we saw it last year. You know, he, he did some nice things for them early on when they were kind of they're kind of searching and, they, yeah. you know, health wise, they weren't, you know, the backfield Dobbins wasn't right. You know, he was kind of back and looked OK at times. And, you know, Gus Edwards, uh, you know, was kind of in and out at that point. You know, Justice Hill, you know, gave them a spark. Now, unfortunately, he's also been a guy who's had nagging injuries. So mm-hmm. that's something to keep in mind. But, yeah, laying out the, the scenario that you just presented, Glenn, where if if Dobbins weren't to be ready for some reason or. Heaven forbid he tweaks a hamstring or something like that at some point in time. I'd be inclined to think that it wouldn't just mean that Gus Edwards just becomes the primary back. I think you could see Justice Hill, at least with, you know, receiving elements and some of those other things where it it would kind of cut into, you know, what Gus Edwards would do, you know, just being the quote unquote RB1. So I'm very intrigued by that. And I even mentioned it a a few days ago that even if, you know, assuming Dobbins, you know, He's going to be the number one, uh, you know, whatever that looks like, however many carries that is under Todd yeah. Munkin. Uh, and assuming Edwards is still your know, goal line and short yardage back, I still wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Justice Hill uh, involved and, you know, catching a couple passes out of the backfield. And, 
you know, the other factor to mention here, and this goes all the way back to Mark Ingram, who's going to be best in pass protection. The Ravens relied on Patrick Ricard to do that yeah. uh, a lot. And I'm guessing they don't want to do that anymore. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. that's where I would even throw out, even though I'm not sure he's, I'm not convinced he's making the 53 man roster, but Melvin Gordon, someone who's looked pretty good in blitz pickup and some of their drills. So yeah, you know, I, I'm very intrigued, Glenn. And again, it's not to bury Gus Edwards, but it's just the reality of this is a different offense. And I, I think I didn't finish my thought earlier because I mentioned someone else. I'm not sure how much we're going to see Patrick Ricard on the field, yeah. quite yeah. frankly. And if we do, I think it's going to be much more as an inline tight end, which granted he had done a lot of since Nick Boyle got hurt two years ago. Uh, but I, this is a different offense. And I would not at all be shocked to see Justice Hill a little more involved uh, than you would have expected You know, if this were just running it back with Greg Roman's offense. Well, I'll tell you what. You can you can bury him. He will rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Let me tell you, what, I'm, I'm a big Gus Edwards guy. So. I am too. I love Gus. Yeah. Hey, no, hey, let's not make it look like I'm not a Gus guy. No, I'm no, Gus is a Gus guy. It's true. Preseason, and then when I we've been to four practices, I've seen a lot yeah. of justice with the this, ones. This is the only thing I'll say in favor of Gus here is that every year he seems to add a wrinkle to his game. I think that's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say too, everyone he drops bars. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. You know, so can other, do that. The, the other thing I would say too is that I think if you were to give some truth serum to a defensive back, while it's probably not fun to face a J.K. Dobbins or a guy that's very twitchy like Justice Hill as a space guy in space, I'm pretty sure they would prefer that matchup on third. You know, in in, in late December early January, then Gus Edwards with ten yards and a and a you know, and it's just you and him. That's a scary proposition. I'm just making a business decision there. <laughs> sure. Hey, they're all good players. Right. right and, and I'll throw this out when, when, and I was surprised he played uh, in the preseason yeah, opener. Yeah. I just, you know, that, that was kind of the one guy that stu- you know, stood out like a sore thumb compared to everyone else that, that was rested because I mean, you know what you have with Gus Edwards at this right. point, I will point out a lot of his playing time. He played in that two minute drill at the end of the first half. And mm-hmm. you know, while I don't, I certainly don't expect that to be his primary role. He has, you know, he has shown some ability, as a improved ability as a receiver out of the backfield. Now, again, if you're going to ask who Lamar Jackson's going to throw to out of the backfield, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, and quite frankly, probably Zay Flowers with gadget plays. I think you're going to yeah. see him kind of take Duvernay's place in that in that aspect of the times when the Ravens would try that in the past. But you know, you, you mentioned another wrinkle, and hey, Gus Edwards sees what's going on, uh, just like everyone else with this offense. I think it's part of why Patrick Ricard probably thought, hey. I, better start thinking about maybe moving the offensive line uh, eventually because this isn't going to be an offense where a fullback's on the field for 45 plays a game. It's just not. Right. That experiment seems to be over, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he, he's back to fullback and tight end. And, and really, I mean, look, I'll be the first to admit, you know, we get to this point in training camp. I'm ready for the season to start. And look, yeah. observations are fun, and I appreciate everyone who checks, checks out my 12 Ravens thoughts at BaltimorePositive.com. But, guys, I've done this for 15 years, covering 15 different training camps. So much of what we talk about during camp really doesn't end up mattering that much in the big picture. Most of what you think going into camp, there might be a couple surprises. You hope not to have too many injuries, but you know, beyond that, these guys are just getting ready. That's why, you know, the, the, the reps every day and the one-on-ones and all that stuff's fun, but it really doesn't mean too much in the big picture. So, you know, it, uh, in the case of where we are with the Ravens at this point, it's, you know, I, I'm kind of ready to, uh, let's get to the yeah. games that actually matter. And that's exactly why Gus is going to have 700 yards and average five carry. Like what he does every he year, does. right? Yeah. yeah. He does yeah. every year. It's like waking up out of bed. It's just how it goes. Sure. So, 
but yeah, no, Glenn, I, if you have another question, yeah, yeah I got I, I, actually, sorry. I do have one oh, more. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, I like gave ahead. it to you, gave it to you. And then yeah, took it and then you I took it right back. What about Keaton Mitchell? I forgot to ask. I didn't want to move on from the running back. So I'll ask because we've both been impressed by him. Oh yeah. And they're using him a lot of ways. Glenn pointed out last night, you know, in, in, in special teams, obviously as a back, he seems to be running really hard. Um, a lot of people are liking him. He's getting a lot of momentum from the fans. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, to me, the key point that you brought up and look, he's looked good as a running back and, you know, he certainly has a speed and, and, and that was the thing that jumped out about him as a rookie free agent when they signed him. But He's very involved in special teams. And no, I don't think he's supplanting Duvernay as the kick returner, at least not in week one or, you know, over the bulk of the season. But he's he's getting work as a punt gunner. He was on the, the first oh, wow. team kickoff team uh, on Saturday night. And I tell reporters and I tell fans all the time, if you want to look and see where some of these bubble guys stand, go look and see who's playing special teams in the first and second quarter. And that's not foolproof. I'm not saying that's gospel, but it's usually a good indicator that a guy is is getting some serious consideration. And I think Keaton Mitchell is. You know, I just mentioned Melvin Gordon. Uh, my my late my roster prediction that I did after the preseason opener. And look, I'm wrong on these things all the time, so don't put too much stock into it. But I actually had Mitchell making my 53 over Melvin Gordon just because of that special teams presence and because. Let's call a spade a spade. J.K. Dobbins, free agent after this year. The, mm-hmm. the situation that played out, you know, I, I, I'd be lying to you if I think things were all kumbaya behind the scenes. I think everyone's being, you know, everyone's playing nice, and, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be an issue uh, as it pertains to the field, but it's going to be a free agent. Gus Edwards, last year of his contract. So, you know, you have Justice Hill under contract for one more year, but I think Keaton Mitchell's someone that I don't expect to, to be heavily involved. And look, if he makes the team, he might be a healthy scratch most weeks. But if he can have a special teams presence and if he can be someone that, you know, practices hard, gives him a good look and, and all those types of things, I think he could be someone that they have an eye toward the future with uh, and wanting to hold on to him. And, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. You know, I, I think there, there are always two or three rookie free agents that everyone gets excited about. And all these guys that people are worried will pass through waivers and, more often than not, they do. So I don't want to say that he's definitely going to make the team or, or, or you know, he's certainly on my bubble right now. But he's got a skill set that mm-hmm. John Harbaugh, even unprompted once or twice over the course of the last few weeks, has mentioned him in passing. And usually that's a pretty good sign. And, you know, I, I think that's someone that is, he's of, of all their rookie free agents. He's probably the guy who has the best chance right now. Mm-hmm couple other guys you could mention maybe that have a, a small chance but he's my guy right now if, if you're asking me to pick a rookie free agent to make the 53 i think it's him mm. yeah okay yeah, glenn it's officially a... yours thank you are you sure all right sure. Uh, yeah go ahead glenn I'm, I'm looking forward to this yeah no when when uh when camp first started with all the the new talent added to the wide receiver room to me it looked like there was five locks as camp started you know you, you got you got flowers obj bateman um, uh, Devin Duvernay and uh, and who am I forgetting? Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. Those are five lots. So typically they keep six. So to me, it looked like a whole lot of guys competing for just one spot. We saw the disappointing play of James Prochet when given the opportunity to return the punt, ripped from his hands. I've really liked what I've seen from Tariq Black all all camp. I thought he he's made plays pretty much every time he's been given the opportunity. Sean Ryan had a big had a big game in, in, in preseason week one. But to me, I'm ready to call this this over. Tylen Wallace, to me, has won the sixth receiver job. Every time I see this guy, he's making plays, whether it's one-on-one, seven-on-a-seven, 11-on-11, or even in the preseason game where he made that fantastic 
uh, back shoulder touchdown catch. Every time I see this guy, he's making plays. He's good on teams. Look, it, it, what do you what do you look at at the, at the wide receiver six spot? Do you think Tylen Wallace? Do you agree with me, or am I crazy? You think Tylen Wallace has almost locked this job up? I, I mean, first of all, we can't uh, totally assume that they're going to keep six wide receivers, right? I, right. Mean, I mean, you're talking about you're still talking about a team that still has Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, you know, so. Yeah. While they're going to play more three wide sets, you know, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of four and five wide receiver sets. But it's really the last point you just made. And I agree. He's had a nice camp. He's been someone who has certainly flashed more than he had in the past as a wide receiver, which his first two years were pretty underwhelming considering some of the excitement about getting him in the fourth round two years ago. Uh, but it's his special team's ability. So, I mean, it comes down to this. I mean, I agree with you about Tariq Black. I agree with you about Sean Ryan. I really don't think those are guys that are going to be claimed off waivers. I think those are the kind of guys you you can get to your practice squad. And I think those two would be perfectly fine candidates to be on the practice squad. But I think you look at Tylen Wallace. And to me, I look at him kind of compared to um, Laquan Treadwell and James Prochet. Let's just kind of throw those three guys out there. Tylen Wallace has another year of, of team control. You know, he has one more year in his rookie contract. Whenever you're talking about back end of the roster guys, when you're talking about a year three, rookie contract guy compared to a final year rookie contract guy. If it's close, they're going to go with the guy that they have the extra year of, mm -hmm. of team control, whether he makes the team next year or not. They just want to have that flexibility. They don't have to worry about re-signing him. Uh, so you have that. He's a better special teams player than uh, James Prochet. Laquan Treadwell's dabbled in some special teams over the last few years as he's kind of been all over the place, but you know he hasn't really made a huge mark in that way. Tylen Wallace is one of their best special teams players. And I know that's not an exciting or interesting way to talk about a young wide receiver. And frankly, that's not why they drafted him in, in the fourth yeah. round. You know, there was, I think, a lot more excitement uh, about him being able to contribute in that way. But he has shown some improvement as a receiver. But I think for me, it's it's really about his special teams prowess. And I think if they're keeping a six wide receiver, yeah, I, I think it's him. And I think he's separated quite a bit from Prochet, who, you know, I don't want to pile on on the guy at this point. I just... I just think his time's kind of up uh, at yeah. this point, barring a couple injuries. And look, who knows with Bateman's foot? I mean, they're they're st they're still slow playing him, so you never know, you know. Uh, so, uh, and James Prochet could wind up on the practice squad, you know. I mean, he's yeah. a six round pick. Is he going to be in in high demand to land elsewhere? So, I think it's Tylen Wallace. But I, I, again, I think it's much more about his special teams ability. But I agree with you, uh, and certainly had a pretty touchdown catch uh, against Philadelphia in the preseason opener. But I, he's another one of those guys. Go look. He's on every phase of special teams and does a really nice job for them in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's uh, I, I think I agree with Glenn and, and uh, I'm interested to see, I mean, ultimately it's a numbers game, right? Like how much run is he going to get at wide receiver, but interested to see with an offense like Munkin to see what kind of play he gets. And if we can at least get some of what people were excited about when he got drafted, you know, he seems to have good hands, seems to be a, a, a nice route runner. I, I think I like the punch. I like that he threw the first punch against that command. That shows me something. You know what I mean? It does. It shows because some of these guys they come up here and they get scared, like of the competition, the bright. I mean, there's a lot. I like that he's swinging out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, he definitely showed some swagger there. But you know, James, to to what you just said, that that's where it's tough. I mean. Yeah. How much is Devin Duvernay going to play in this offense? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say this, and look, I, I'm not I'm not down on Duvernay, but I think you just look at the numbers at this point. I mean, Beckham's going to be on the field, and maybe not every single play, but he's certainly going to be out there most of the time. Uh, Zay Flowers is going to be out there a ton. Uh, you know, Bateman, 
when, if, you know, the foot is 100% right, it's going to be out there a lot. And, oh, yeah, you still have Mark Andrews who isn't going to come off the field and is basically a wide receiver if we're calling a spade a spade. So mm-hmm. I don't think Duvernay is going to be out there. I, I think Aguilar has outplayed Duvernay. And, and sure. I wasn't a big fan of the, the Aguilar signing at the time because at that point it's like they're not signing this guy to be their number two wide receiver, their number one wide receiver. But when they – having since signed Beckham and drafted Zay Flowers – you can do a lot worse than Aguilar as your number four wide receiver, which is where he is right now. And, he, and he's had a solid camp, despite the fact we know his history of drops. So mm-hmm. I, I think in the case of Duvernay and Wallace, you know, or any other wide receiver that might make, make the team behind those four guys, maybe I'm completely wrong here. Maybe Tariq Black is that guy. Who knows? I just don't know that if there's going to be a whole lot of opportunities. Yeah. But Bateman's injury history, Odell Beckham Jr.'s injury history. from Bateman. And, and in uh, – Although Zay Flowers is so tough for his size, he is five foot nine and mm-hmm. you know, smaller guys do tend to get injured a little more frequently. So the point is they do need some depth and they certainly are in a better position with their wide receiver group. Where's this group going to rank in the NFL? I don't know. I'm not ready to say it's a top five or even top 10, but for the first time in a long time, I do feel like it's a very legitimate top half of the NFL, which look, anyone listening right now, wow, that's a really low bar, but if you've been a no. Baltimore Ravens fan, yeah. that's not really a low bar. That that just it just shows that they have come a long way and and they have made the investments at that position and they certainly have a higher ceiling in that regard than they have in a long time. And that's why guys like Duvernay and Wallace, who just a year or two ago were being talked about in very exciting, you know, potentially uh, you know high ceiling kind of terms, and you know they've kind of just fallen by the wayside at least in terms of the offense. Although certainly both those guys factor heavily as special teams players. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what is really funny. Glenn and I were talking about this yesterday is that everyone's worried about how Mark Andrews is getting the football. <laughs> and if you just go to practice and watch one practice, anytime anything unscripted impromptu yeah. happens, Lamar goes to one guy and <laughs> one guy only. And it's not it's a secret. Guy. Like, no, you know, guy. I think we saw that one drive. Um, he had four consecutive passes thrown his way and like three were catches. I mean, he's just ridiculous. And their connection mm-hmm. is, is very deep. You know, I was, I was, uh, I have a, a son who's about to be two, so we're watching, unfortunately, a decent amount of Disney movies when it's like crazy hot outside. So well, <laughs> he's into Toy Story right now, and I tried. So to is my niece. To, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I tried to explain to my wife that Lamar is Andy. He's got all these new toys, <laughs> but but Mark Andrews is Woody. He's, that's good, he's, he's that's Woody. his guy. Yeah, yeah that's his, just, that's his it, number it one. Is what it is, you know. It, it is, and this is what's been funny about. The, the, the summer and, and what you just said. And, and look, the one area Lamar and, and Mark Andrews, their ability to play playground ball, you know, their improv ability. Mm-hmm. I do find, I am intrigued to see how that's going to fit within the structure of mm-hmm. how Todd Munkin likes things done. Cause I do think there were times where, look, you weren't going to tell those guys not to do it because my goodness, it works so often, but there were certainly plays where maybe they wouldn't make a play and maybe that gums something else up in, in terms of route spacing and concepts, things like that. But the point is, look, Zay Flowers looks awesome in all these one-on-ones. Odell Beckham has had a better camp and has practiced more than I thought he would have. Mm -hmm. How all that translates to the regular season remains to be seen. But to your point, James, we know what Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews looks like, whether it's structure or out of structure. Mm -hmm. And he is such – Andrews is such a matchup nightmare. We were talking about our Darius Washington playing the nickel 10 minutes ago. He is such a, a matchup problem for you know, 
I mean, who are you going to put? A linebacker who can't run with them. Right. Uh, a corner is too small. A safety who's going to be probably not, you know, isn't big enough or fast enough. They just need Kyle I mean, Hamilton, I'm, Luke. That's yeah, all. Every right, team exactly. needs Kyle Hamilton. That's hey, and, and I'll say this. Kyle <laughs> Hamilton competes better against Mark Andrews than anyone yeah. in practice, and he still loses most yep, of the time. Yep. So it just speaks to it. So projecting out what this passing game is going to look like, how many yards Lamar is going to throw for, how many yards OBJ is going to have, is Zay Flowers going to be in the Offensive Rookie of the Year mix? These are all fun things to talk about in July and August, and that's fine. But if you still want to ask me who I think is going to be their leading receiver, who I would put my money on, and I'm not a gambling man, let's be clear, I'm just, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to go away from from Mark Andrews. I'm, I mean, I'm right. just not uh, mm -hmm. until we see otherwise. Until we see Beckham healthy for a full 17 games. Until we see Zay Flowers do what he's done on one on ones against teams, you know, starting defenses. So you know, I I, I think yeah, we we still kind of come back to. You know, let's not overthink this thing. And Todd Munkin's not an idiot. Uh, he, mm -mm. he, you could say what you want about Greg Roman's offense and how it had been backsliding the last couple of years. And you know, I think they they definitely needed to make the change. I was on board with that, even though I think there were a lot of factors that kind of led to what happened the last couple of years. But that's something that was not broken in that offense whatsoever. So no. yeah, he's yeah. still going to be a massive part of what they do. And when it all breaks down, yeah, more, uh. 89. Jackson's looking at number 89, no doubt yeah. about it. Now, I do have one question. You've been doing this for 15 years. Outside of maybe Lamar Jackson, is there a, another guy who is or another rookie who's generated the buzz? I mean, Zay Flowers yeah. is all over. It's 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 not it's very amazing. often as, as as Ravens fans that I mean, I don't think this has ever happened. I know this never happened. That a that a wide receiver for the Ravens is being talked about on Good Morning Good Morning Football. Yeah. Talked about on NFL Network. He's just sitting down with Joe Cena. He was sitting yeah, down with like, Joe Cena. This is unheard of if you're a Ravens fan, right? So am I a like, skill position Raven rookie? You yeah. mean you weren't excited about Matt Elam? <laughs> you know what? It, it's a and, and uh, quarterbacks. I mean, that's just a totally different animal. So right. yeah, Joe Flacco in 08 and Lamar Jackson in 2018. I, I, I think you're right about that. The one thing I'll say, and look, I am high on Zay Flowers. I, I I'm as impressed as anyone else. What? And this is an observation. This is not a criticism because I don't know what their script is in terms of practice when they go in the full team for all of the domination we've seen uh, in one-on-ones. And let's be clear, one-on-one -on -one drills are so heavily, heavily skewed towards the offense, towards the mm -hmm. receiver. Uh, you know, it's really not notable when the receiver wins. It's more notable when the defender wins those drills, mm -hmm. but he's looked, he's looked great. He hasn't made a ton of plays in 11 on 11. Now, in the preseason opener, he drew two flags, and there you go. Joe Flacco to Torrey Smith worked beautifully in that regard for a long time. At times, it was the only part of their passing game that worked really well. But that's the only – my only element of Zay Flowers pumping the brakes a little bit is that hasn't shown up quite as much in full team. Now, it might just be that he's not the primary option. You know, he's not going to be the, the primary option on a lot of their plays, and that makes sense when – we just talked about Mark Andrews and you have Odell Beckham. So it doesn't mean he's not going to get his, but that's where I just personally, I'm you know, pump the brakes just a little, be excited, be fair. excited, yeah. but you know, still you rookie, still have to right? see it. and he's a rookie, right? And, and look, I think he's got terrific ability. And I will say this, whether we're talking about some players unprompted on the record and even talking to some people in the organization off the record, there's excitement about him. I mean, there, there's, there definitely is. So, the smile, the personality, yeah. like 
it's yeah. it's more than just what he's doing on the field, is it not? Like that smile is so contagious. There's definitely an element to that. And I mean, he's got a good story, comes from a big family. You know, he's gone through some rough things in his life. And I mean, you know, he played at Boston College. You know, right. Joe Ortiz, you know, the, who's in charge of Raven scouting and all that, does a great job with that. Uh, he did a, a session with the media just a few days after the draft. And, and he put on so, some Zay Flowers tape and, and went through it. And the thing that was so striking was how lousy the quarter, for lack of a better term, the quarterback situation was at Boston College. And yet this kid still made the plays that he made and made the adjustments he did. So I, I want to be clear. When I'm saying pump the brakes, that doesn't mean I don't think he's going to be a big part of, of what they do. And mm-hmm. if he ends up being offensive rookie of the year, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll be surprised in the sense that Mark Andrews and Lamar's running ability and, and, and not expecting this team to just become pass hat happy and heavy overnight i'd be surprised in that way but not because of, of his skill set and, and what you know the athleticism the change of direction uh the advanced route running that you see from someone that's so young uh so you know i, I think there's a lot of excitement there and you know to to answer your question though as far as rookie hype i mean it's it's tough to you know even in the case of joe flacco he wasn't expected to be the starter until Kyle Bowler got hurt and Troy Smith got sick and boom, Flacco was starting week one and the rest was history in 08. And in the case of Lamar, as much as there was intrigue, Flacco was the guy to start the year. So Mm -hmm. even that was tempered to a point because it was fun to watch, but you knew that it wasn't leading to him playing immediately. So in the case of Zay Flowers, you know, whether he's starting or whether he's, you know, just playing, I mean, he's going to play a lot. And you know, for someone his size, which, you know, he's five foot nine, 182 pounds listed. You know, I don't know if he's actually 182 pounds, but the difference between him and Marquise Brown is he plays bigger and tougher. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I wasn't even as down on Marquise Brown as a lot of fans and a lot of Ravens people, you know, or observers tended to be uh, by the time he was traded, but he was just, you know, he, he's, he's got a toughness to him that goes with, my goodness, just uh, the speed and change of direction. I mean, mm. he can just change on a dime, turn on a dime, and that's 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 impressive. You know, mm-hmm. and for I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him play. But as I said, I just want to see that start to show up a little more in 11 on 11, and Same. it yeah. might just be because of the plays they're calling and the progressions they're going through. And you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see that open up. I'll remind everyone: Marquise Brown went nuts in Week One, his rookie year against Miami, and he barely even played in practice that summer. Yep. So, you know, there, even though the hype machine has kind of been out of control, maybe there is a little bit of an element of a of rope-a-dope a little bit in terms of when they get the full team and then uh, he's just going to go nuts uh, once once they line up against Houston September 10th. We'll see how it plays out, but mm-hmm. high hopes for him. There's no question about that all through the building. No, for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, we uh, we got to pay some bills. We got to keep the lights on, uh, Luke. So we do want to talk about our sponsor real quick. Now, you said you're not a bet man, and that is no problem. But <laughs> one of the things that Glenn says on the show is go with what you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that. So our partner is BetUS. DK's got a pretty cool graphic up here. If you guys don't know who BetUS is, BetUS is the OG when it comes to sports gambling and the guys with the biggest pockets ultimately because they are giving you the best match at 125% match of your initial deposit up to uh, $2,500. Use the link in the description uh, to take advantage of that opportunity. And this is a a new one that we just got uh, sent to us today. Will any quarter, will any player break the passing record? 55 passing touchdowns. Um, That's an interesting one. Uh, An extra game. It's a passing league. 
That's right. What, what do you think? What, what would what would you do there, Luke? Is that a, a no for you or a yes? I think it's a no because I think you've seen so many teams and defenses. We've seen them adjust the last couple of years. A little more zone, you know, a little mm-hmm. more cover two. You know, we saw the Ravens do this so effectively against Joe Burrow, for example. We've mm-hmm. seen teams do that. I don't want to say a lot better against Patrick Mahomes because he's still Patrick Mahomes, but teams have done, you know, made some adjustments here and there with him. So I'll say no on that, but certainly uh, uh, an interesting bet there. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, it's going to be intriguing, but there's all kinds of them. They got prop bets. They got, um, yeah, what all your season bets. I mean, individual, yes. pl- anything right. you can imagine, you can gamble on at bet us and that matches on. I mean, that's 125% matches is pretty awesome. So get over there. Yeah. Help us out. Use the promo code and get your money matched and then some. That's right. Yeah. Jo- wow. Join the club. We'll be doing some fun ones throughout the season. Make sure to join I'm us. Using bet US since I was in high school. Well, no, oh I, was, I was out of high school. Oh, boy. I was out of high school. You bet US in trouble over here, Glenn. <laughs> exactly. I was out of high school, I swear. <laughs> um, but, yeah, go check out bet US. Um, last one for me, Luke. I got to ask you about the, the pass rushers. They go yeah. hand in hand with this beat up cornerback room. All the hype surrounding Ajabo. I liked what I've seen recently from Owe. Not as mechanical looking, looking a little more fluid using some pass rush moves. But as much as we heard hype from Ajabo, since he had that little nagging injury that kept him out, whereas one practice he even came fully suited but didn't participate. Mm-hmm. Since then, and people have been hard on me. They're like, you, you guys are overreacting. I haven't been blown away like i haven't seen the burst i haven't seen that's what i'm looking for the explosiveness i saw him getting stuck in a left tackle's belly button in that first preseason game where he he, you know he crashed in gave up contain i'm starting to get nervous about a job luke am i crazy am i overreacting i mean i don't know if i'm so nervous about a job i'm just kind of nervous about the group uh, collectively i mean i I think we saw i mean let's take adafi away his first five, six games of his rookie year. I mean, he looked like he was going to be defensive rookie of the year. And then what happened? You know, teams adjust a little bit. You know, you hit the, you know, does he hit the proverbial rookie wall? Who knows? It's really tough to do. Uh, and I mean, these quarterbacks get the ball out so quickly in this day and age. That's why, you know, for me, I look at Matt Abike and, and, and that inside rush, how important that's going to be uh, for them. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned about a job. I, I think even on in, in the preseason opener, you know, yeah, he got stuck, cr- crashed inside a couple of times. Mariota got out on third and long. Uh, you know, certainly you want to see him be disciplined with, with his rush lane uh, integrity there. But, you know, he also showed strong hands. I think he, you know, to a man, and I'm not a pass rush guru, but you do hear people who are a little more nuanced uh, in, in really following that. Uh, that he has you know, some some pretty polished move for for someone who doesn't have a ton of experience. I mean, he had one full year at Michigan where he really played and 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 got him on the radar. I think that's where everyone kind of forgets when he was going to be a first round pick before he tore his Achilles at his pro day. He there was still a, a sentiment that he was still going to be green and still be someone that that was raw. So he's just missed a lot of time. So I, I can't say I'm overly concerned, but. You know, I, I think for me, it's because my expectations aren't through the roof. Uh, you know, I think you'd love it if, if he'd be a 14 sack guy. But uh, if I'm going to bet on that, you know, and I'm sure there's a bet with <laughs> bet USA oh, yeah. and a, right. a, whatever, uh, you know, probably not going to be that. So, but can he be a guy that gets better as the year goes on? I, I think something that 
I think is understated as, as far as far as as far as their outside linebacker situation, their pass rush situation is Tyus Bowser being out. Uh, mm-hmm. You need guys who can set the edge. You're going to have to identify another linebacker. And it sounds like Bowser's going to be ready for the start of the season. I mean, I asked Harbaugh about this a few days ago, and there's no public concern about that yet. But okay, he's still not practicing, there. and it's second half of August at this point. So mm-hmm. who's that Sam linebacker that can drop into coverage for you? I don't know who that is right now. It's probably Malik Harrison, which Kyle Van Noy. You know, uh, it could be Kyle Van Noy. I mean, Davion Clowney's great against the run, uh, yeah. you know, uh, and, and certainly the door's still open there. But I, I'm just my my overall concern isn't with any individual. And look, I, I think Chuck Smith is was such an intriguing hire. I, I'm fascinated to see what Owe looks like in year. Is he going to be a dude or not? You know, is he going to be a guy that you're going to be looking to resign in a couple years, or is he going to be a guy that you know, not, not a bust, but underwhelming let's say mm-hmm. uh and a job you know he's, he's essentially still a rookie you know I'll, I'll buy that because of just how much practice time he missed i mean he wasn't able to really really get to the point where he was practicing until like late october last year so missed all spring all summer all training camp uh so you know i i like those guys but you know who else is who else what is about playing malik ham luke because i think malik ham's been yeah. showing something he, he's done a nice job. He, he, in fact, he's got a nice, I mean, we saw the spin move for the sack. I saw that back in, in, in spring ball. And now granted it was against a third string offensive lineman, but he had all the veteran uh, mm-hmm. defensive players on the sideline, hooping and hollering about that. Do I think he's going to make the 53 man roster? Probably not. Cause I do. I fully expect that they're going to sign a veteran here. I, they almost yeah. have to, yeah. uh, you know, cause I don't think Tavius Robinson's going to be ready to be much more than maybe a, 10 snap a game kind of guy, at least early on, you know, mm-hmm. which you expect from a fourth round rookie. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, I think Ham's interesting. Uh, I certainly think he's a guy that at the very least they're going to want on the practice squad. So, you know, I mean, he's a rookie free agent. I, I, I unless he has such a monster last couple preseason games, you know, I, I think you probably can get him through waivers and not have yeah. an issue there, but He's intriguing and yeah, hey, it's a cool story. A Baltimore native went to City. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool in that regard. So, but of those, you know, of those rookie free agents, you know, I spent time talking about Keaton Mitchell. You know, he's another guy that you know, if you're gonna have me put together a short list of guys mm-hmm. that, depending on health, injuries, other moves, whatever happens, you know, he's another guy that I think is certainly a a name of interest, and and he's had himself a nice summer where he's flashed at least enough to to garner some attention. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out Turns out for him. He could be a, a Michael Pierce 2.0 type guy where one of these last few games of preseason he decides to make some incredible plays and, and forces himself on the roster by one, you know, one uh, way, shape, or fashion. But, Luke, we had an absolute blast with you tonight, man. Hopefully you did as well. We th- yeah. We're so grateful for you coming out and spending you know, time. I'll just say it now on the show. We, we really we asked a lot from you tonight, Luke. I appreciate you being so cool. You stayed oh, with us for so long. Yeah. And look, it is a, a known trick of ours that when we get a new guest, we'll say just five minutes. That's all we're asking for is five minutes. <laughs> when really we're asking for more. But I swear, Luke, that was not the intention. But we were just, I mean, things were going well. And and so I appreciate you spending so much time with us. Well, you know, I, I'm a radio guy. We like to talk. So, you know, but it was fun. I, I felt bad because I was late hopping on with you because I had a browser issue. And I, nah. then I needed, my, I needed my password for Facebook. And yeah, that's why I was late. Yeah, but. So a technology uh, issue for, Luke's for this really whole the alignment to like 
get a new line onto the pole. He's calling Ron yeah. Swanson oh, yeah. there to fix the and That's actually what it was. My dial-up, like AOL. <laughs> hey, hey, wait a second. I mean, this was eight o'clock. That was always busy time for trying to get online. Right. You know, that's the number right. was busy, so I couldn't get I couldn't get logged in. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. We had a great time. Hopefully, we'll see you out there again, and uh, and hopefully have you on the show again. But uh, we appreciate it. We'll uh, let you get back to the family, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. I enjoyed it, guys. And uh, yeah. Oh, let's and talk. plug, please. Sorry, I apologize. Plug, please. Oh, good. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever the heck they're calling it these days at Baltimore Luke, BaltimorePositive.com, and uh, at WNST. Uh, you can check out my work there. And Ravens, Orioles. You know, I'll plug the Orioles as well as uh, they'll be back next week, and I'll be doing double duty. Uh, this is my busy time of year, but good busy when you're talking about two teams with such high expectations. So, uh, but yeah, you can check that out at baltimorepositive.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Luke. Have a great night. Take care guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Luke. Yep. Yeah, man. The, the, the Orioles definitely have to uh, bounce back after you know, losing two out of three in San Diego. Uh, but you know, I appreciate Luke spending so much time with us talking yeah, all Ravens football. I mean, he answered pretty much any relevant question that you could have had about yep. the Ravens yep. in depth. So, shout and to I like Luke. how he, yeah, I like how you put camp in perspective too. This is kind of how it goes, right? Like, there's ups and downs. There's yep. injuries. There's guys that stand out, but ultimately, like, you know, let's wait till the season starts and the rubber meets the road, right? Yeah, because that's that's when that's when uh, the cream rises he, to the top. And look, that's why we have on a guy who's been doing it for 15 years that's and right. not a fresh-faced rookie who may overreact to some camp situations. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, shout-out to Luke. Yeah. Uh, so grateful to have him out here. But uh, I think that's it for us as well, right? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, look, you probably will be seeing us in the near future. I expect some signings in the few, in the next yeah, few yeah. days. I, I think they'll add edge. I think they'll add, continue to add to the cornerback room. Yep. Um. So, yeah, hit the notification bell, of course. Click the, the subscribe button so we can keep you up to date on all your Ravens news and get you ready for that September 10th first Ooh. week matchup against the Houston Texans. Absolutely cannot wait. Can't come soon enough. But that's it for us tonight. See you. See ya.